Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Welcome to DocuTalks. Today we're going to be talking about Tiger King Episode 8, which is really an update episode. But just a warning, where this is adult content, and we'll probably be using explicit language, and there could be some discussion around animal abuse. So I am Michelle. And I'm Chelsea. All right, Chelsea. I can't believe this is the very last episode how about your meme? Do you have two memes for us this week, or do you only have one? Well, I only have one. Since, you know, uh, we have social media, I can just share as many Tiger King memes as I want on there. Well, that's true. I mean, we have shared quite a lot online, but we just talk about our favorite ones on here. Exactly. My meme this week is one of my favorite Tiger King memes, and I can't believe it took me this long to share it with everyone, but it's a picture of Joe Exotic in his classic glitter shirt with two tigers and the American flag behind him, and the caption is, this is the genie that appears when you rub a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew. It's just so true. Yeah, I I love Mountain Dew. Me too. Yeah, Joe the genie in the bottle. There you go. So my meme is about Alan. So the top picture says how Alan thought he looked in his hot tub interview. I actually wonder if that's Al Pacino from Scarface. I'm not 100%. Did you not realize that? As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Al Pacino from Scarface. Hey. How do you know that and you're younger than me? I think I've only seen Scarface maybe once. I've seen it once or twice. And then it has, and how he really looked with Al in his his bathtub for his interview. That was a choice (laughs) on his part. That was a look. It was a look. I don't know what he was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Actually started this episode an hour late because I had to go back and watch episode seven to see if I could correct Chelsea because we had this whole discussion about did Alan lie on the stand and did everybody know that? So I went back and watched it again and Howard said he had heard a variety of stories, but he believed what he said on the stand was true. Joe commented that he just believed Alan lied under oath. Makes sense, right? So I don't think it was necessarily given knowledge that he lied on the stand. I think looking back on it, everybody thinks that now. Yes. And I could see how I could be confused. You know, I do get caught up in it sometimes. It is so sensational. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So episode eight is where are they now? Which it's not even a where are they now, honestly. Like, I just felt like a, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it was still nice to kind of get caught up with some of them and just see a little bit of them and how they're doing would have been nice to have a a little bit more updates. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed, especially because not everyone was involved from the series in the update. However, I do love Joel McHale and I thought he did a perfect tongue in cheek 
hosting job of it. But, you know, it wasn't any RuPaul's Drag Race final episode where all the queens come back, which is what I think I was hoping for. I know. It would have been nice to have a few more people in it for sure. But, oh, well, we get what we can get. We will just eat up as much as we can because we're guilty of loving this documentary. And he did give us a disclaimer before he did his interviews you know the pandemic is happening and they didn't want to wait because they had no idea how long that would be before they filmed so they just decided to take advantage of it and do it as best as they could yeah I must say I was a little surprised how much time had lapsed between when this kind of all finished off and now Yeah, it was a big chunk. It was just released as the pandemic was hitting. It hadn't been out for very long before they added episode eight, but it did seem like a lot of time had passed. Well, it does seem like that. But then again, we know like the timeline in this show is it's hard to know exactly the timelines. Maybe most of it was filmed quite a few years ago, but Some of it is a little bit more recent, so it's hard to say. Maybe they were just waiting to release it once the whole trial had been finished. Yeah, and maybe he had thought that he would have a documentary, but then, oh my God, it went to trial. And then he decided to pause and include that. Yeah. Okay, should we start with Eric? He's our first guy we see giving his update. He was the head keeper at Joe's. I thought it was hilarious that he hadn't seen the documentary, and I'm not surprised that he hadn't. Me either. He doesn't seem like a guy who really has a TV, to be honest. (laughs) And he's just like, I don't understand, guys. Like, what is going on? And these people just say things to me, and the memes, and it's crazy. I love that he didn't know what a meme was. (laughs) The memes. I wonder what he would think of us and our memes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Oh, I hope he likes him. I like Eric. Yes. He's great. I loved that he started off by saying, oh, you know, just clean living and loving Jesus. Are you being serious, Eric? Or I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't sure about that either. I like that he said that he doesn't do math and he never did. He just can't afford to get his teeth done. I I was a little surprised to hear that he's actually still working at the zoo and he's working for Jeff and how much better it is working for Jeff. I was really shocked about that too. I'm surprised that the zoo's even still kicking at this point, to be honest, and that Jeff hasn't abandoned it for a new shiny project. Yeah, it's so true. But yeah, he did say that Joe was an asshole and he would yell all the time and go off Mm -hmm. on people at the zoo, especially when the cameras came around, which I think there was a few comments about that in the show that in the morning meetings when the cameras were there, Joe would fire somebody on purpose or really go off all the time. And he also confirmed, though, that he was around when the cats were being put down and they weren't always sick because we kind of suspected were these cats really sick or were they healthy cats? But he said, no, he'd put them down even if they weren't sick. He would often be there for it and he'd feel yeah. bad because the cats trusted him, which I felt really bad for him for that. I know, like he said that they used him specifically to kind of lure the cats into that situation so they could trank them. And I thought that was really sad because it is really hard to have that kind of trusting relationship with an animal and they were really exploiting that. You could tell he didn't agree with it and it really... 
was heavy on his conscience, the fact that he yeah. was involved in that. But again, what do you do? I'm sure he was wanting to stay at the zoo and continue working with the animals. So you don't have much choice, unfortunately. Well, exactly. And like that goes to show because he is still working at that zoo. He's still mm-hmm. putting in those hours. So obviously that's a lifestyle choice and he's not willing to change it. Yeah. And I just think of when I think it was the episode where Joe was heavy into his campaigning and they had hardly any food for the animals. And Eric had made a comment that I think Joe was too busy focusing on his campaign. And he was happy that he was at least around to make sure the animals were getting as much food and good treatment as he possibly could. Yeah. It's just such a sad situation. Yeah. I loved when the host made the comment about him being a Vince Neil lookalike. And he's like, oh, oh my God. God, no. How yeah. dare you kind of thing. He was just so <laughs> upset. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he did seem to have a lot of animosity towards Joe. I would say the most out of any of those people that we saw in yeah in the interviews. He really wants him to rot in jail and maybe die there kind of would be for the best in his opinion yeah and I imagine part of that might be because he saw those tigers get killed right and he was used so much by Joe yeah I think maybe even more so than some of the other keepers yeah definitely and I don't blame him like I'd have a drinking problem too if I had to put up with that shit oh man (laughs) okay oh my favorite hillbilly Mm. couple oh Jeff and Lauren they're still (laughs) together I know. I know the you The nanny don't. is good. And they both love the nanny. Lauren yeah. seems just as into that nanny as Jeff. And I was like, okay, Lauren. She did seem like she had more of a personality and a voice in this. I thought, you know, we didn't really get to know her so much during the series. So for her to be so involved in the post-series interview, I thought that was good. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, she did seem like she had more of a voice. It's interesting that Joel introduced them as them having an open marriage. There's a meme, and I'm going to post it, but there's a meme of Cotton from King of the Hill, and I know you don't watch King of the Hill, but Cotton looks exactly like Jeff, and he gets this really young girl pregnant. (laughs) It's just for me, every time I see them, it's just Cotton and his (laughs) teen bride. (laughs) But, you know, Jeff didn't like how he was portrayed he felt that they made him look like a villain and you know of course jeff's not a villain in in jeff's mind he was a helper michelle he was there to help all those people and then they fucked him over yes of course it was very interesting that he said that i was like um what (laughs) were we watching the same show yes i know it's crazy i really think He just spends his life taking advantage of everybody. And I'd love to know what's going on with this Thackerville Zoo. Where did that go? Exactly. He supposedly bought the land. And remember, he's this, you know, millionaire. He's rolling in it. Then why are you still at GW Zoo? However, I did hear they renamed it. But it's funny because now it's like the Tiger King Zoo. So it's even worse than being called the GW Zoo. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, because we all know I often get things wrong on the (laughs) podcast, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. 
yeah, he has apparently had all this money and all these deals, and they're still at their rinky dink zoo. Yeah, I think that he didn't buy that land. I think Tim Stark probably bought that land. Mm-hmm. So that's why they haven't moved. I agree. And obviously, like, he can't afford new animals. Um, PETA has said that they've rescued over 39 tigers from the GW Zoo. So I want to know. I was hoping there would be an update with the actual zoo. Like, what animals are there? What's going on? Because I've heard a lot of stories about animals being rescued. There not being a lot of animals at that zoo. So how is he still afloat? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's probably doing cub petting. Probably. Or, you know, he's yeah. just running a brothel. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, Tiger Tiger King brothel in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, he did admit to watching it. That's why he knows he wasn't portrayed very well. He got up early yeah. to make sure he watched it, get ahead of it, and what everybody's saying about it. He did admit that Joe killed the tigers. Yeah. So, he said they were healthy, just like Eric did, and he said... Jeff said that he killed the tigers because Joe needed the cage space. The way he portrayed the killings was so different than how Eric portrayed it. Like, he said that Joe would just shoot them through the cage, whereas um, Eric said that they would trank them and then kill them. I'm wondering if, you know, Jeff's just trying to make Joe seem worse and he's trying to misdirect with that. I would think he is. Oh, probably. Yeah. And, but he also made a comment about that bug that we saw in the one yes. episode, that that was actually a two-way radio system, and it was not a bug that was planted. So I thought that yeah. was interesting. And he was just trying to, like, because it was Josh that said that it was a bug, and he's like, oh, you know, Josh is just a burnout. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I was just like, hmm, okay, okay, Jeff. Yeah. Throwing stones. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Jeff makes a comment that everybody tried to take Joe down, but he was the one who did it. Wasn't that ridiculous? He's like, Peter tried to do it. Carol spent millions, but it was me, and it was free. And I'm like, sure, sure, Jeff. Yeah, you did it because you trapped him into saying things, and then, you know, highly suspicious that Alan probably made up his story around the murder for hire. I thought that was so gross, but, you know, he is just disgusting. I was like... You're just trying to trump yourself up here, and you saying that's not making you look any better. Gross. He's gross. But they also believe that Carol killed her husband. Yes. I like that he asked them. And I was kind of hoping you'd ask every person that question. So next we have John Ranke. So he never imagined anything like this would ever happen to him. He was committed to the animals, too. And he said that was part of the reason that he kept working at the zoo. Yeah, and he mentions that there was a lot of mistreatment of the workers at the zoo. He just basically corroborates what Eric had said. Also mentions Joe blew up tons of John's stuff. He blew up his cabin and, you know, his golf cart and really expensive things. So for me, I'm just like, what you doing? And this person has to live there, so you can't be blowing up their cabin. I'm not surprised at all, knowing that now, that... John decided to leave. Yeah, I found that interesting that he blew up his stuff. I'm not sure what that was all about or if that was just Joe at the end losing it, right? And I also thought it was interesting that John was working for Jeff at first, but then he thought John was talking to Joe, so he ended up not staying at the zoo. But he said that he quit the same day Joe left. 
You know, that was a bit confusing. Yeah, that was no, he said he was working for Jeff. And then he said Jeff and Dylan got in a fist fight. Yeah, for so John minutes. the same day. So I don't know if Dylan had come back to the zoo to get something from Joe's place that Jeff had basically destroyed, and then they got in a fight, and that's when John left. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like he was working for Jeff after Joe was gone because he said that Jeff was upset that he was still talking to Joe while he was in prison. Yeah, I was really confused by that. So I'm not going to argue what you said, but I don't necessarily know if I agree. I love that Joel asks him about the skeleton because I'm sorry, but that fucking skeleton was ridiculous. Him driving around in the skeleton and no one comments on it. The documentary was just so crazy at that point that anything could have happened and we would have not even noticed. So I love that he mentions what's up with the skeleton. (laughs) <laughs> he was just lonely yes but he does have a girlfriend now so that's yes. good I'm glad he had somebody exactly yeah and it's funny he's just like I'm just a guy in a documentary yeah. I don't understand why anyone thinks I might be famous this is a documentary not a sensationalized television show so I do like that he has that mentality like this is a documentary guys even though it's mm-hmm. crazy remember what it is yeah. this is real this happened I'm a person. Yeah. And it's interesting. He doesn't think court's over. He thinks there's going to be more stuff that comes up, which is definitely what we've been left with, right? That Mm -hmm. Joe's gone to PETA and other organizations, I think, to spill the beans on these other zoos. Yes. So I'm really excited to see what happens. And I don't think this will be the last we hear of it, just like he's basically said in his interview. Yeah. And then next we have Saf. And he feels like he doesn't have any anonymity anymore because he's always being recognized, uh, especially at Walmart, where everyone seems to be recognized. He mentions even though that there's a pandemic going on, like people know him. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. No. Well, I'm curious if you felt like that when you worked in Korea. I know when I worked in Japan, you know, not that it's at all comparable, but you know, mostly Japanese people you kind of stick out like a sore thumb and I go to school and and the students would be saying to me oh I saw you grocery shopping or I saw you riding your bike and I'm like oh my gosh really like do you need to comment on all my movements in my free time (laughs) so it was the first time I had any sympathy towards people being famous which is just such a minor minor thing but you really did stick out like a sore thumb and everybody noticed you and commented on you and where they saw you, what you were doing. It's funny because I didn't even consider the correlation between those two until you said that. But yeah, like I would be traveling around Korea and people would be taking my photo. They would stop and want and ask me if like I would pose for them. And, and God, oh, yeah. I wore a bathing suit in public. It was so bad. I would have so many people like taking my picture while I'm in a bathing suit. And I'm just like, no one, no one needs to see that. <laughs> so... <laughs> I my love, I lived in this really small town at one point. Well, not really small, but in Japanese standards, it was small. And I'd be in the grocery store and I, you know, I'm a tall person, right? So sometimes I'd be, you know, shopping in the grocery store and this Japanese woman would come around the corner and like almost scream when she saw yes. me. And I'm like, it's okay. Just a foreigner in the grocery store. It's not the this end of the world here. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think if I was taller, because I'm only five feet tall. So if I was taller, I probably would have had more. But I had a lot of guy friends 
who would scare the children and like I would often be with them and the little kids would get scared or like people would be like oh like foreigner but not so much with me and I think I just because of my height I blended in a little bit more yeah yeah but Seth was talked about how he was loyal to the animals and yeah and really that was what kept him at the zoo also mm-hmm. um, he, he was also outraged about the tigers being killed Yes. But how it was out of his control, really. He commented that Joe said the tigers were old and suffering. So I don't think he was so up close and personal when the tigers were being killed. No, and he basically just said Joe always painted the picture he wanted you to see. And he's very charismatic, so it was easy to believe him. He did say with the accident that I looked like I was loyal to Joe and that's why I stayed. But it had nothing to do with Joe it was to do with the animals and making sure that they were having the best life that they could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which shows the dedication to the animals. Exactly. Right? But one thing I really liked that he said was that Joe did do this Thanksgiving dinner every year for free for lots of people. Joe had been doing that for the 10 years that he had been at the park. I was kind of happy to hear that because I wondered, okay, was this just put on for the documentary? Is this kind of a new yeah. thing? So I was happy to hear that Joe did do this every year. We had discussed that. And he did mention that, you know, Joe had a really big heart and was trying to do good, but he also did bad. He didn't necessarily think Joe is such a villain that we have been led to believe he is because Mm -hmm. he's seen that good side of him, which is what I keep saying. (laughs) Yes. And I think he had a good point. Like he said, justice has been served, but he doesn't think that Joe deserved to die in prison. Which you do kind of wondering, considering a lot of the other crimes people commit and they're out sooner than that. Be interesting to see what happens if there's appeals and things get overturned. I'm I'm curious Mm -hmm. what will happen there. He still doesn't have any regrets with what happened, no matter what. And I thought it, he just had such a positive outlook. You know, of all the people, he seemed the least damaged, even though he was in a situation where he could have had the most psychological trauma. He's great. Yeah. Team staff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like all the staff there at Joe's Zoo. Staff and John and Eric, they're really seem like great people and really dedicated to these animals exactly I loved that Joel asked Saf about Carol's sanctuary and what he thought and if Carol's sanctuary was really a sanctuary or just as bad as Joe's zoo and I love that because he says no it's just as bad and at the end of the day all of these places are terrible but what are we going to do we can't have these tigers in the wild They, they can't be reintroduced so that's why he kind of stayed is so that they could have the best life possible but conservation over private zoos i i like that he made the statement that the tigers shouldn't be in captivity they should be in the world yeah yeah he's super cool i know okay and then next we have josh i must say i was really happy to hear josh and his point of view here Kind of made me change my mind a little bit about him. That I didn't like Josh before, but I feel like I've become like a bit of a Josh fan. I love Josh, and I think he's really articulate and smart. And I think that gets lost in the ridiculousness of the documentary. 
I agree with you. I think we saw a lot more of his intelligence in this interview. Not that he wasn't before, but I think because of all the craziness in the zoo, we didn't really get to necessarily hear him talk so much other than about mm-hmm. Joe and what all the craziness Joe was doing. But I like that he said that he thought the documentary was fair. Me too. Going off of what you said, like I think he also may have been edited to not seem as intellectual because, you know, they they kind of wanted it to be like this crazy hillbilly experience. But no, he did think it was really fair. And I love that he's like, Jeff, can just suck it up. Like, this is reality, Jeff. Sorry, but yeah. this is how you really were. No, I did really like that. One thing I was questioning, they talk about how he got the job. And I know this is something we've chatted about in previous podcasts, but he kind of made it seem like he applied for the job or was like, did Joe really find him at Walmart? Or was that a made up story to make it seem sensational? Because he kind of made it sound like he saw a posting for this job and applied. I thought he said he knew Joe. Yeah, so he said he knew Joe from Walmart in the previous episodes. Joel had asked him, like, did you know what you were getting into when you went for this job? And he's like, oh, yeah, I for sure knew when I was going to the zoo and going for this job. Just wondering. I don't know. And that might have just been me. I think he knew him from Walmart working in the gun section yeah, or whatever was just, it was he was doing. When I was rewatching it this morning, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I liked how... Joel asked him, you know, would anything ever happen between him and Joe or did Joe ever make a move on him? And he said, no, Joe's type is young and dumb. And he (laughs) aged out 14 years ago. I love that. Like 12 or 14 years ago. He's my age. And so for me, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. But I didn't realize how old some of the people were. And meth can age a person. So it's hard to tell. We do find out that Josh is gay. And for me, that really makes sense as to why he was so drawn to working with Joe. Because he does mention Oklahoma's a red state. He basically says people who are gay are existent, so you got to stick together. And I think that it makes a bit more sense as to why he was involved with the campaign and drawn to that. Yeah. And I like that he confirmed that Travis's death was definitely an accident, Mm -hmm. that when he saw it, he knew that this was not on purpose. Mm -hmm. I can see how it could be an accident. Part of me still thinks Travis, deep down, was very unhappy and maybe was suicidal, but not necessarily, like, ready to commit suicide at that time. He does mention, though, that he was trying to raise money to help get the mental health help he needed because of how traumatic witnessing Travis's death was. And he kind of alludes to the fact that he's not able to work right now because of it. And Joe prevented him from getting any help. Yeah, I can't even imagine if I was him and I would have witnessed that. I, I no, just, me either. It'd be so much, so tragic. He said he had to work in that office every day yeah. until, like, he left and he saw the bullet hole. And he, it's tragic. And he was young, you know, like, they both were young yeah. when it happened. And they were obviously close. Joel asked him if, if Joe had gotten any help. And he said Joe just saw a shaman. I was like... Typical Joe. Yeah. Probably drank some ayahuasca and hung out in the desert for a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. But Joel also asked him what he thought about Carol, and he said that he thinks Carol's the same as Joe. They only care about the money. 
Exactly. Ooh, Michelle, what did you think about what he said about um, Joe having contact with his fans? Because Eric, in the first interview, said that Joe probably has no idea what's going on because there's no communication in jail. But then Josh alludes to the fact that Joe has this whole fan club. They're calling him and connecting with him and raising money for him and like running Facebook groups and so yeah. he knows all about what's going on in the outside world. So what did you think yeah. about that? Oh, I'm sure he does. I mean, he calls Dylan every day, a few times a day. So I'm sure Dylan's keeping him updated. And I saw somebody on Twitter said that, I don't know, somebody they knew wrote Joe and Joe wrote them back. What? Oh my I gosh, no, I want to write Joe. I want to see if I know, I think you should. We should. Pod- <laughs> Listeners, what do you think? Should we write Joe a letter? <laughs> He has to pay for an international stamp to write to us, though. Oh, I have <laughs> to pay for an international stamp. Are you kidding me? New Zealand. I think you could afford to pay the international stamp to send a letter to him. I don't know if he can afford to write you back. <sighs> Maybe I'll include the postage. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe I'll include the money. the money for postage. <laughs> you know, I have no idea how jail works. I haven't been there yet, so I... Really? Like, no, never. Not yet. <laughs> Leaving it open. You never know what could happen. So when Eric said, of course he has no idea, I was like, sure, yeah, that makes sense. He's in jail. And then when Josh said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess jail is a bit more loosey-goosey. I don't know. Well, you have all these recorded phone calls from him, right? And um, somehow he's calling Dylan several times a day, so he obviously must have easy access to a phone. He must not be on, like, max security. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea how Joe. Uh, I I don't know either. <laughs> Orange is the new black. That's all my jail experience. <laughs> we know all about prison. We watched Orange is the New Black. Come on. And, and you've watched Oz. Come on, between the two of us, oh, we can figure oh, yeah. it out. Oh my gosh, I loved my Oz. I God, I should put that on Netflix. Yes. I could binge watch it. I should have binge watched that during oh, the God. pandemic. That would have been a good one. Uh, okay, so next we have John Finley. Oh my goodness, I was so happy to see him with his teeth. But that beard. Yeah, he looked that, great. That was a look, Michelle. John is a handsome man, and then he just always ruins it. Oh, what, you don't like his beard? You know, it's not the best. We I thought it looked good, John. It? If you're listening to us, it looks good. Oh, Michelle's your number one fan. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he looked good. I thought he sounded good. He commented that he has been clean for four to five years. And his daughter is four to five years old. And he stopped. He has not touched drugs since she was born. But then he said that he wasn't using when he was at the zoo. And he was upset that they portrayed him as a drugged out hillbilly. I don't think that's true. I think he was using it at the zoo. There was lots of comments about how much drug use was happening at the zoo. I think he was using when he was at the zoo. The other thing is when you've been using for many years and you first start getting clean, sometimes it takes a long time for your kind of cognition and your brain fog to clear before you really sound very with it or coherent. And I think he sounds a lot better in this interview, I'm assuming, because he has been clean for four to five years. Whereas when they were doing the interviews with his shirt off before they'd even gone to um, the court, he was probably still using and still 
not 100% clean, at least, anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just glad he's wearing a shirt, because those tattoos are janky as. Oh my gosh, you're really picking on him. Well, you know, I just have to say, as somebody who has tattoos, I actually put thought into um, the permanent ink on my body, and I don't do any stick poking at home, you know? I... <laughs> Uh, Michelle, do you think he's still with the original woman he ran away with? I assume he is. He doesn't really say. I know. They left it so up in the air for us to just make our own assumptions. Yeah, I'm assuming he is. Because he mentioned a fiancé. He said that he binge-watched it with his fiancé. I doesn't mean anything. I know, this is it. Like, so is the fiancé, you know, it's Amber, I believe it was, that he ran away with? Or yeah, did I she think it was leave? Amber. Did well, she leave and now he's with somebody else? I don't know. What do the listeners think? Is it the same girl? Yeah, I wonder if they know. Because we didn't necessarily get to see a lot of shots of her. No. And the listeners, I'd like to know what you think of John Finley, since Chelsea is a hater. Oh, no, I'm a hater because John Finley is a handsome man, and he could look so much better. So I hate when, you know, men or women, you know, they kind of hide their attractiveness by really poor choices. Just saying. Well, I have to hide my attractiveness so I don't have men chasing me all day. I allow that to happen, Michelle. I know what your backstory is. I don't know what John's is. At least in my mind, that's what I tell myself. (laughs) All right. Finally, we have Rick Kirkman. Oh, lucky last. Now he's living in Norway because he met a girl there. I love how he made it sound like he was getting away from Oakland because it was just so horrific. But in reality, like he shacked up with some Norwegian woman. So really, it had nothing to do with that. It's amazing how much he highlights how emotionally scarring and tragic and awful this time was at the zoo and he had a night he has nightmares about it it was the worst time of his life but he was there for years like I said I just rewatched this this morning and I really agree with you and I know we've talked about how he got involved because he was doing the show but then he may have been doing a documentary as well I don't think he he was doing that documentary. He talks about how he wanted to do a reality show and really highlight this quirky character. But why would you stay? No, I don't think he was doing a side documentary piece. I think he was just wanting us to feel sorry for him. I, I don't know. I think he was probably doing this side documentary because he was saying before the studio burnt down, he was in talks with a TV channel to sell his documentary and I think that was part of the reason the studio got blown up because Joe wasn't happy about that either because he didn't want the footage Mm -hmm. being seen or I think probably more likely because he wasn't going to get any money from it or not enough money because I think it was just a real like a reality tv show at his zoo I don't think it was a side documentary but that might be something we have to delve deeper into and discuss on social media I don't know if he referred to it as a documentary as much as, yeah, a reality show. It was kind of the reality behind the reality show. 
Mm -hmm. I think is how he put it when they first started. So he was filming, you know, the internet show for Joe, but in the background, he was filming his own kind of reality show. Okay. But still, I just think for someone who is so traumatized, like he was making that decision and he wasn't really getting what he was wanting in some way, shape or form because Joe was so difficult to work with. I have no sympathy for him for staying and nor do I necessarily believe his sob story. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I imagine it was pretty horrific being there and dealing with Joe and all the stuff that went on. I didn't like that he disclosed that story about the old woman who brought her horse <sighs> to the zoo and Joe ended up killing the horse. You know, that woman could watch this show and hear that and that's just going to really upset her, right? He was just really trying to paint Joe as this evil creature. He just kept going on and on about how he's pure evil and he's so horrific. And, and then the whole thing about how he's terrified of big cats. If he was pure evil, why would he be so afraid of cats? And I don't know. I don't believe that Joe was afraid of cats. I don't either. I think that's a lie. He said... The cat she saw him with the white tiger was blind and the others had tranquilizers in them. I, I don't really believe that. I think that's yeah. a lie. We saw a lot of footage with Joe in the tiger's cages. I don't think those tigers were given tranquilizers every time he went in there. Otherwise, no. that, that tiger that was sniffing the sardine oil off his shoes wouldn't have reacted like that exactly and also like we've seen video footage of tranked out tigers like we have seen what it's like at tiger kingdom in thailand and things like that and joe seemed like really into the tigers so i just i don't i agree i don't believe that that was true so if anything he's just discrediting all the stuff and making himself look worse what did you think about the whole fact that all of a sudden he decides to tell us that Joe tried to hire him to kill Carol. Why yeah. was he saving it for now? I don't know. I mean, he did say that it was a joke. I mean, everybody says that Joe talked all the time about wanting to kill Carol and asking everybody to kill Carol. So I think it probably was just a joke. But it's interesting that he threw that in there. I think he was just throwing it in there to like, just like I said, to trump up bullshit. Yep. I doubt it ever happened. Who knows, though? I mean, I like to think that he probably didn't happen. But on the other hand, it's Joe. This interview really made Rick look just so twisted. You know, like, I just really think it made him look like more of a villain. Whereas I didn't see that during the series. I wonder I what know. the listeners think. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of the episode eight? Like, were you happy with it? We'd love to hear your feedback on Twitter and on our Instagram account. So feel free to tweet us or to tag us and let us know what you think. Yeah. And I'm also curious who you felt you would have liked to have seen give an update. Uh, of course, I we don't hear from Carol, but we know Carol, I think, is trying to avoid all media because she's not happy about how she was portrayed in this and curious if her husband's going to try to sue them which i think is hysterical because then she was tricked into that uh the fake jimmy fallon interview so it's like oh carol you don't want to be involved in the netflix but if jimmy wants you you're gonna whore yourself out in five seconds of course she will oh so i have to say i was like really upset that howard and carol weren't involved 
Um, but I understand why, because she's being a bitch. And, and I was upset that Tim Stark wasn't interviewed because I wanted to hear the dirt on what was going on with the new zoo project and what happened with him and Jeff. Absolutely. So I, was- I want to hear about that. I wish that we would have had an update from him. I'm kind of surprised he didn't want to be interviewed, or maybe they just didn't feel he was a big enough character. But mm-hmm. I mean, enough of a one. But it would have been nice to hear the update from him, get a little bit more of the inside scoop on what happened with the zoo. Yeah, and it would have been nice to see what James was up to, mm-hmm. Crazy James. And, of course, I would have liked to have got an update from Doc Antle, although it's probably not much new with yeah. him. But, you know, we could have had a little bit of an interview with him. And what about Dylan? Dylan wasn't involved either. So I was kind of really shocked because he's kind of like the mouthpiece for Joe, or at least he knows what's going on. So obviously we can't have an update from Joe because he's in jail, although they could have called him in jail. So there were there were a lot of missing pieces in my mind. And I wonder if we would have got more of these characters if it wasn't COVID-19. Maybe yeah. they'll do another episode with some of these other characters in the future. And as we know, Tiger King has become so successful that they are now going to do a new scripted TV show and will tell more of the backstory behind Joe and what happened. So Michelle, how do you feel about that? I'm curious to see what it's like. I mean, I'll watch it because you know, I'm a glutton for punishment here. I know they have Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. I would have liked maybe somebody else. I am so pro-Nick. I think he's going to be great. Who would you have... Okay, I don't even know why I'm asking you this question because I know who you would have wanted. (laughs) And I'm just going to say right now, not fucking going to (laughs) happen. Well, I know it's not going to happen, but... I would like to have seen Brad Pitt play Joe Exotic. I just, he is not a Joe Exotic. Have you seen Brad's newest stuff? And honestly, I've seen a lot of Brad Pitt stuff because Michelle always makes me watch Brad Pitt movies, guys. Yeah. But he is not batshit crazy, sensational, Tiger King man. He's old now, so I don't think he has it in him. Oh, my gosh. Just saying. Not like Joe Exotic's that young. Oh, and neither is Nick Cage, but I just, I don't know. Oh, that's true, yes. Nick is so flamboyant, and, like, him in Kick-Ass, like, he he has some really good movies where he just becomes this crazy character, and I'm fucking there for it. I love it. I think he'll do a good job. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not going to do a good job. I just would have liked to have seen somebody different, actually. Um, But, listeners, who is your dream cast for the TV series? Stay tuned because we, so Michelle and I, are going to post our Dreamcast picks on our social media after this episode airs. So be sure to check in and see who we picked and maybe we'll pick some of the same people. Yeah, curious what other people think. Overall thoughts of the docuseries. Well, I thought it was just insane, really. It, I never expected to find this many twists and turns and craziness in the whole show. Like every episode, it's like, what? What? Mm -hmm. It was just shocking. So I'm not surprised how popular it is because it is crazy. Um, We've said this a few times, but 
I know some people have said they don't want to watch it because of the animal abuse, but, and that's fine because hopefully those people are already the converted and aren't participating in animal tourism, but I'm really hoping for the people who did watch it, this is making them think twice about animal tourism, about taking any kind of animal selfie with exotic animals, you know, swimming with dolphins or riding elephants, anything like that. Hopefully that's making people more aware of the issue, which is really what I think is the main point of this show. The characters and what happens makes it entertaining enough, but I think there's enough awareness in it to show about the animal abuse that people are getting that point. And you definitely see that in social media, people commenting about that and, oh, how many people feel guilty now about their tiger selfies or things like that. So I hope that does raise a lot more awareness. I think it's funny that you say that. And that may just because be because we're seeing different social media things based on our generational gap. On my side of it, on social media, I'm seeing lots of people who want to go out and buy a tiger now, who want to be the next tiger king. They're going to spend their stimulus checks on tigers. And, you know, all that they're seeing is how cool it'd be to be a tiger owner. They're losing the fact and the understanding of why this documentary exists. And it, it is what you were saying. It's to highlight how awful private zoos are, small zoos, and unaccredited animal sanctuaries, and also just shedding the light on the fact that there are a lot of fucking people who own tigers in the U.S. and probably in Canada that we don't know about, and we don't need to be adding to that problem. I really hope people realize this is a documentary, just like what John and Eric were saying. This is a documentary. This is not an unscripted reality television show. This is a documentary that's trying to highlight the poor treatment of animals in captivity, and be wary. It's not just about the animal tourism. It's about what kind of zoos are you going to? What kind of animal services are you supporting? Like, are you going to these small town zoos, or are you going to zoos that truly have conservation efforts and are working towards the preservation of animals? I know Michelle and I go to a lot of zoos, but we always do our research before we go. Yeah. It's true. We're not saying don't go to any zoos or things like that, but if you are going to be involved in anything that involves animals, you need to check up on where you're going and what you're doing and what you're participating in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So next season, we're going to be doing sort of one-off documentaries. So we have had a few people send in some suggestions or things they want us to cover. Again, we're focusing mostly on stuff from Netflix because Chelsea and I both have access to that. If people have some suggestions, they can send it in and we both will have access to it in um, the countries we live in. And we'd love to hear some of your suggestions so we can look at adding it to our list for next season. Yeah, and also we want you guys to watch along with us. Obviously, there's no point in listening to a podcast about a documentary if you've never seen it. So make sure you're watching along with us. Um, But yeah, make sure you check out all of our episodes. If this is the first one you're hearing from us, go back and listen to number one. All right. And I'll be posting in the show notes how to get a hold of us. But certainly subscribe and leave us a review since we are a new podcast that is helpful. 
suggest this podcast to a friend. Tell people about us. Make sure you're spreading the word. But no, have a great day. We've loved we've loved talking about Tiger King with you guys. I can't wait for next season. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.